You're listening to The Inevitable Radio Show. I'm Bill Sumner. Being the greatest version of who you are, it's not about being perfect. It's not about not making any mistakes. And in fact, counterintuitively, if you want to be the greatest version of you, you've got to make mistakes. And they've got to be doozies. They've got to be ginormous ones. They've got to be such incredible mistakes because if you're the greatest version of you, you want the greatest success possible that you're capable of achieving. And the only way you get great success is by making great mistakes. But again, counterintuitively, think of all the leaders out there that punish mistakes and reward no mistakes. Think about that. How many leaders out there, and again, leaders can be you and your family. Do you punish your children when they make a mistake and you reward them when they don't make a mistake? One of the things about superstars that we know, it's counterintuitive. This is a great tool to walk away from the show with today. When your kids make mistakes, reward them. Celebrate with them. They got a great lesson. When they're not making mistakes, make them uncomfortable. Move them. Because if they're fat and sassy and comfortable, then they're not growing. They're not on the greatest version of who they are. And think about how you treat yourself. Do you beat yourself up when you make a mistake and reward yourself when you're not making a mistake? Or do you go, you know, I want to make mistakes. That's where I get my growth, my lessons, my greatness. The greatest version of you is really about the trajectory that you're on. It's not a destination. It's not that you arrive at this perfect place where you're mistake-free and you have everything that you want. As soon as you get there... You'll be there for a while, and a while might be a month, it might be a year, but you're going to want to move on. Who wants to be fat, sassy, and happy? Do you really think that heaven is a place where it's gold-plated streets and banquet halls and perfect food and perfect everything? You'd be bored out of your mind, certainly for an eternity. You want challenges. You want to be conflicted. You want to have a villain in your life. Think about the best movies that you've ever seen. They've had an incredible villain. There's no great movie that was made where the villain was a pushover. There's no great movie that was made that we really loved, that made our hearts sing, that we got all excited about. And there was a weak pushover villain. The bigger the villain in your life, the bigger the hero gets to show up and save the day. So when you reward and punish your children, are you rewarding them because they're out there seeking greatness and they're out there fumbling around and making mistakes do you reward your sales team for making mistakes truly celebrate and again here's where we'll see it an executive comes in a company owner comes in well i've got this great plan to get through the economy here's the plan and the team's sitting there going oh my god is she is he connected to life are they lost their marbles what's going on with them That's the stupidest plan I've ever heard. Now, in superstar organizations, people will raise their hand by the dozens to go, "Uh, excuse me, boss, yeah, there's a problem with that plan. And I have a suggestion for a greater plan. That's what superstars do. A lot of conflict, a lot of dissension, because they're seeking the greatest version of who they are as a psychology. Organizations that are fear-based, and, if, and, and the psychology is, if you raise your hand and dissent with me, I'll punish you. And if you all sit there and smile nicely and go, oh, yeah, boss, that, uh, that's a great idea, when everybody knows it's not. But the psychology at the organizational level is we're going to punish 
conflict and dissension, and we're going to reward compliance. When you're doing that as an owner, an owner might be an owner of the business, it might be an owner of that business team. Man, you're not creating a winning strategy. And the only thing people will do is they're going to try and weather you. They're going to try and outlast you. They're going to hope that you go away. And if if they know that you're not, they'll go away because they know they can't succeed there. And the superstars will leave instantly. The superstars won't even show up there because they'll sniff that place out in the interview and they're going to ask some penetrating, revealing questions to the owner or the leader of this team. And they're going to go like, why would I want to be here? I want to speak my mind. I want to talk my truth. When your children in your family speak their truth, are they punished? Are they rewarded when they're compliant? Or are they rewarded when they're dissentive and out trying to change their world and out doing great things and stumbling and falling along the way? Now, again, a lot of parents will do this out of love. They'll go, oh, I can't let my child stumble and fall. They'll hurt themselves. I love them. I don't want them to hurt themselves. I'll make their world safe. And so we give them, we embed, we teach them, we teach our teams safety strategies. But safety strategies are not strategies of superstars and greatness. Again, we talked last show about the difference between selling and closing is salespeople are focused on, will you like me? And if you like me, there's a chance you'll buy from me. So it's like me first, close you second. Closers are like, buy from me. Screw whether you like me or not. I'm going to say, do, think, feel, create, believe, focus on, do whatever it takes to get you to buy from me. And then if you like me, cool. But these psychology tools, you really have to dig in what's underneath when you punish behaviors that says you don't want them. When you reward behaviors that says you do want them. So you have to really take a look at, are you creating superstars? Are you creating winners today? When you really sit down and look at your last meeting with your team, what was the real messages that you communicated to them? When you sat in your last meeting, what was the real internal psychology that you were running? We're all winners. We're all hugely capable of winning. We just have to change the psychology that we're using today. We have to change the strategies. We're talking about organizational psychology and success. And how do you create a superstar in business? Somebody ask yourself a question. When's the last time that you really sat down with your team? And not to talk about the pros and cons of the details and mechanics of the day. You know, what's should we change our pricing strategy? Should we review our cost basis? Do we need to create another product bundle? Or just look at the same old stuff. Think of all the people out there. It blows me away day in and day out. In difficult times like this, the only strategies they have is to try and be faster or harder, or they yell louder. Yeah, if I raise my voice even more in this argument, then that must make me more right. And they don't really go to the core. They don't really, really deeply unpeel the onion. Because they're going to sit there and argue about the characteristics and attributes of this life, this business, this moment, as to what the truth is. And in that space... You're really swimming around in the effects and the flotsam and jetsam of what's going on. You're not at cause. Have you ever sat down with your team and really asked them, what do you believe? What do you believe? 
about what makes us strong or what avoids failure. What empowers us as a team? What do we have? Who are we? Why are we? What is there about us? What do you believe about what makes us strong? Thank you for listening to The Inevitable Podcast. Please visit our website for more information on this extraordinary coaching system at www.theinevitableu.com. Then sign up for your two-week free trial of our membership to gain access to hundreds of hours of amazing content and tools just like this. Now back to Bill. You can do this as a family too. What makes us strong? What do we believe? And people will tell you things like, well, um, you know, because we have a better product or because we're in a good location in the market or because we work hard. They'll have things that really empower them. And then you can ask them, so what's holding us back? What are the obstacles to our success? What is really disempowering us? And they'll tell you, well, uh, and a lot of times it's going to be the mechanics of it, and you got to dig them one deeper. If they think it's about price, and you know it's not about price because there's people that are at the same price as you that are being successful, or if it's because of this software plan, this program, this project that's happening, blah, blah, blah. There's other people with the same project constraints you are, and they're succeeding. Got to go one deeper. What's holding us back? Well, we don't believe we can succeed. We don't believe that we have all the right tools. We don't believe this or that. And now, like when they say something like, we don't believe we have the right tools. Here's one thing we know in the psychology of winners and superstars. It's never about tools. It's never about resources. Every time people who do not believe they are a superstar get all the resources in the world, they don't succeed. They'll lose the resources. People that are broke and win the lottery, within three to five years, they've lost all the money and they're in even deeper debt. Meanwhile, people who are resourceful and know how to create happiness and power for themselves no matter what happens, and so you can study people who are para and quad Pelagics. They've had accidents where they've lost their mobilities. And one of the most remarkable finds from many of those studies is that this simple truth exists. If the person was happy before their accident, they find happiness on the other side. If they were unhappy before the accident, they're unhappy on the other side. Tough times do not build character. They reveal character. Tough Times do not build character. It reveals character. What is the character of your team? It is never a matter of how much resources you have as a business or a team. What matters is how resourceful you are. If you are resourceful, you get to be MacGyver. No matter what happens, you'll always find a way to win. If you believe. Now, why would someone believe they're MacGyver and 90% of the world does not believe they're MacGyver? And the simple answer is go to any playground where there are three, four, five-year-olds running around on that playground playing. Doesn't virtually every one of those kids believe they're MacGyver? 
believe that they're Superman, believe that they can make the entire world happen exactly according to their whim. And then they go to first grade and they get told, sit down, shut up, zip your lip, look like every other little kid in this row, only give us standard answers. If you're different, ah, maybe it's because you're ADD. We might have to medicate you. Yeah, that's it. You have a disorder. There's something wrong with you. You don't look like the other kids in your row. We're going to punish you. And that's where many of us lose our greatness. We focus more on survival. We focus more about blending in. We focus more on getting along and less about what is the greatest version of who we are. We lose that. Perhaps it's time to remember who you really are, why you came here, what your greatness really is about. Maybe it's time to remember. Sit with your team and really ask them, what do you believe in? At the fundamental core level, someone says, well, I believe I can be successful. Everybody claps. Wow, that's a great belief. He believes he can be successful. Here's the interesting psychology. Is that person successful? Who would ever say, I can breathe? Oh, I can breathe. You'd never say that. You're like, I am breathing. A person who says, I can be successful, is really programming that they're not right now. They have the capability, and it feels good, but they're not successful right now. A superstar or a winner, even when they're losing, they're still a winner. And they're chafing and chomping at the bit. I can be a winner is not a program to be a winner. I am a winner, but then people point to evidence. Oh, but you're not winning. You're not number one. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. I'll be winning again shortly because I am a winner. How do you get there? How does a winner get to say that even if a winner doesn't win for four years? How do they get to say, I am a winner every day they get up for four years? When 90% of the planet is getting up saying, well... I hope nothing bad happens to me today. I hope I don't lose too big today. If I can avoid pain today or pain is less today, that's my outcome. Sit down with your team and really dig into what you guys are thinking. What are the guys and gals on your team really thinking? And at the end of the day, what are you thinking? What are you believing? What's resourceful about you and your strategies? Do you really have successful programs? Can you say, I am? And are your adjectives that you use to describe? Do you have to win a gold medal in order to say, I am a champion? The truth is, and you can check on any biography, on any gold medal winner, they had to believe they were a champion first, long before the gold medal got there. You have to have the ability to say, and you must say, I am a champion, I am a winner. And then you look at the adjectives that you use to describe your team. Are we good? Oh, good for some people is good enough. Winners and champions never say we're good. They say we're great. We're extraordinary. We are superb. We are magnificent. We are magical. 
That's what winners and superstars say. Now, do you say that and then those characteristics and attributes begin to come true? Or do you have those successes happen and then you get to say it? Now, the truth is most teams approach it that they have to have the record, the results, the success under their belts. Then they get to celebrate and declare themselves great. And even in our culture, because we're so puritanical and humble to a fault, it's like, well, even when I'm great, and you hear me tease before, oh, well, yeah, I did win the Nobel Prize, but it wasn't that great. Yeah, I, yeah, I won an Olympic medal, but it wasn't that much. We diminish our greatness. You, as a leader, have to be great. And again, there is a half-empty aspect of the cup of greatness. You can be arrogant. You can be boastful. You can be proud. Half-empty. And that's all going to cost you. But at the same time, there is a half-full aspect of teaching pride and teaching confidence and teaching certainty. And you, as a parent that's trying to raise a child as a superstar, the most critical thing that's going to teach them the psychology of winning is what's your psychology are you a champion are you a winner are you incredible are you inevitable winners believe they're going to win that they already are a winner and then winning comes to them it never happens that you're uncertain because even if you're lucky and you win the lottery or even if you're lucky and you have a good run of five years The minute you get on a black slope, the minute life yanks the blue slope out from under you and shoves you on the black slope, the fraud that you are, the fears that you have, the doubts and insecurity that you've masked and hidden for five years, they all come out. You need to work on that psychology now. You need to understand who you are now. The inevitable radio show, it's designed to help people companies, businesses, families discover their greatness. Thank you for listening to the inevitable podcast. Please visit our website for more information on this extraordinary coaching system at www.theinevitableu.com. Then sign up for your two week free trial of our membership to gain access to hundreds of hours of amazing content and tools just like this.